chapter 3, we find that this is where, uh, you know, God is calling Samuel. And in verse 10, it says, And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, your servant is listening. Are you listening to the Lord today? Are your ears ready to hear what God has for you today? Let us bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much, dear Lord, for this day that you have given to us. God, I thank you for everyone that is here with us in your house. And God, as we have joined together at one table, worshiping you, the one and true Lord, I pray that you would be with us and that your spirit, God, that he would move in and out of our lives. And God, that you would move in the churches across Rock Hill and across South Carolina. God, that you would transform lives and hearts today. And we give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Nazarenes around the world have given $100 million for alabaster since NMI began this offering in 1949. The alabaster offering provides funds for property and buildings around the world. While we understand the church consists of the people of God and not a building, buildings erected for the purpose of ministry help provide a sense of permanence, functionally enhance ministry efforts, and let everyone know that the Church of the Nazarene intends to put down roots. Alabaster funds also help provide money for work and witness projects and for the purchase of land, construction of churches, schools, medical facilities, and missionaries and volunteer workers. In 1948, Reverend Elizabeth Venom was on the Global Council and they were asked to pray about a challenging project for NMI. She prayed about it and came up with the idea of alabaster. 
God gave her this plan of love gifts and it was modeled after the sacrifice of the woman who anointed Jesus' head with expensive perfume from an alabaster jar in Matthew 26, 6, 13. We'll be giving and participating in alabaster. It's a chance for you to give some of your loose change or take some of the money uh, out of your dryer or wherever you can find it, out of your couches and uh, put it in a box and come forward with it and give it. It's not just for the kids, it's for the adults also. We'd like everyone to participate and have an opportunity to give for this life-changing method of raising money for missions throughout the world. Thank you. Well, good morning. Happy to see all your beautiful and lovely faces this morning and the ones that are watching, you know, at home. I can't see you, but I can see you. Anyway, as we get ready to go into worship, let's stand as we give praise and reverence to God this morning for all he has done for us.
to shout it because what reason do we have not to to have joy when we praise him for our God is so much greater so let's continue to worship and praise See, water you turned into wine water you turned into wine Open the eyes of the blind, there's no one like you, none like you. Into the darkness you shine, out of the ashes we rise, there's no one like you, none like you. Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. Ready? Into the darkness you shine. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise, there's no one like you, none like you. Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome and power, our God, our God. Your God, our God is greater. Our God is stronger, God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then who could stand against us? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? Then what could stand against? Our God. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. Our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? Then what could stand against? 
though, right? You believe that, that if our God is for us, then nothing put against us could ever stand and triumph over us because our God sees us through. So let's continue in this hour of worship and prayer that we will shout our praise to him evermore. Sing, my Jesus, my Savior. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge and strength. Let every breath, all that I am, never cease to worship you. Shout it, church. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas roar at the sound of your name. And I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I'll love you, forever I'll stand. Nothing compares to Yeah. 
that you want to give, uh, the altar is open for you this morning. Father, we, we take this time, dear Lord, to, to bow before you. Those are of, that are here, that are at the altar, you know, God, they, they bow before you and they, they give you their struggles. They give you their heartaches. You know, God, they, they cry out to you because of lost loved ones and their families. Or they cry out to you because of a sickness or because of a death. God, I know there are those that are in the congregation, those that are online that have heavy hearts this morning or have struggles that they're facing or things that are coming up in their lives. And dear Lord, they are calling out to you right now, God, to help them through those things or with the situation that they're going through. Whatever it would be, God, they are calling out to you. And God, the scripture, your word tells us that you hear those cries. God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would be with them in a special right now. God, that you would speak mightily within their heart. God, I pray that you would span the time of distance and time, and or that space of distance and time. And God, that you would go. And God, that your spirit would be with those lost loved ones that are being prayed for right now. 
God, our prayer is, is that you would never stop drawing them. That your spirit would never stop calling them. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we pray that today. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that you would be with us as we're here. Dear Lord, in your house. And God, that as we continue with this service, God, that we would continue to glorify you in, in all that we say and all that we do. Again, God, we thank you. We thank you for the privilege to come and to give you our burdens and our cares and concerns. And God, as we even pray for those that are around us right now, God, you hear those as well. In Jesus' name, amen. these are making their way back to their seats if I can have the ushers to make their way forward Among other things, but anyhow, it's good to be in the Lord's house. I can't get it up. I'll just have to have live it. You let it go to sleep. It went, uh, yeah. It went to sleep. Yeah. But anyhow, it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I praise his holy name for letting me put my feet back up here one more time. I've been through a lot, but praise God, I'm still standing not too good, but I'm still standing. Amen? Yep. But anyhow, I'm, uh, Darwin asked me what I sing this song for him this morning. and God only knows. I know what you're going through, Bubba. It's a tough, tough time. But he's in heaven. He's all right. He's, he's, he's landed. His journey's over. I'm still trying to get there. And I'm, by the help of his holy right hand, I'm going to make it one day. One day I'm just going to slide into heaven. And you know, if I have to leave somebody back here, I love all of you. 
But if God told me today, it's time for you to come with me, I'm jumping on the train. I'm going to be gone. But y'all pray for me this morning. Mm-hmm. It's number four. Y'all pray for me this morning as I try to sing this old song and tell him to please give me the words that I can't remember. If I can't remember, I'll just ad-lib right over them, okay? Y'all pray for me as I try to sing to the glory of God. This is an old one, not a new one. I'm okay, Pastor. I got it. Technical difficulties, y'all. I must have broke it all. Through the long dark night Out on the open sea By faith alone Somebody. The anchor. 
Amen. 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 I tell you, Amen. Amen. You know, whenever she sang that part about being young, she said she used to be. And then she said, but I'm older now. And I like to fell out of my pew whenever she said that. Y'all realize, she graduated high school the year I was born. 
That's old. That's old. <laughs> he could have. He could have. And we are so glad that you are still here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It is, it is good. Beautiful song. Has, has deep meanings to it. Uh, you know. Um, this morning, I want to take you, we'll continue into Ephesians, and we're going to go to chapter 4, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 6. Now, I, I understand that your Bible doesn't necessarily break it up at verse 6. Verse 6 is the end of a paragraph so that we can take it and uh, you know, just uh, look at this particular portion. There is so much that Paul has to write to us and give us in these words that he gives to us uh, that it would be underneath the title of uh, you know, unity in the body. This is the beginning of this, and we're going to look at the unity that's in the body. Now, how many of you, whenever you were, how many of you, whenever you went to college, was part of a sorority? Or any anybody part of a sorority? Nobody went to Kappa Gamma. Okay, so somebody was, uh, you know, so somebody was part of that. Uh, you know, how many of you, whenever you were in high school, was part of a particular club or a particular athletic team? Okay, got more hands there, okay, so, uh, you know, you're going to kind of understand what we're, you know, a little bit of what this is, is dealing with and what Paul is, is talking about. Now, for some of you, for most of you, uh, you know, whenever you walked in this morning, you looked at me and you said, oh man, pastor's in a suit. I don't wear a suit that often, uh, you know, now, you know, you wear suits for weddings, funerals, and just weddings, funerals, and yeah. But the thing about it is, is that whenever some of you come in and you see the preacher or your pastor all dressed up in a suit, the first thing that comes to your mind is like, oh, now he looks like a pastor. Right? It, 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 your thought came to your mind. You might not have spoken out loud, but the thought came in, now he looks like a pastor. Huh. Now I don't look like a pastor. But we do an awful lot in our lives to be able to fit in to a particular group or a certain place, right? Uh, you know, whenever you join the sorority, you had to make a pledge that you were going to support that sorority for the rest of your life, right? You were going to carry that signia with you. Some of the guys and stuff that I, you know, that I know and that I have been a part of, uh, you know, they literally got a brand on their arm 
showing that they were part of this particular house. There's no way that you're going to get out of it. You know, you're, this is here, and it's here for the rest of your life. It's not like a tattoo that you can have removed. It's a branding iron. It's there. But we do this. How many of you was involved in a particular clique or particular group of people in high school? Go ahead, everybody raise your hand. Because we do it at church. There's a particular group of people that you like to hang out with on Sunday mornings at church, right? You normally sit by them. So go ahead and look at the people that you're sitting around and say, thanks for being a part of my group. Kay over here with nobody there. Thanks for being a part of my group. But I, I, want, to, I want us to really think about this. We care about what other people think about us. Now, I've heard comments and stuff, and Peggy and I was involved with a meeting with her family, and, uh, you know, the comments is about, you know, whenever you get older in life, uh, you know, you kind of take, uh, you know, shame, you're, you're not worried about that anymore, right? Uh, you know, there was a person that was, uh, you know, that was walking through the hospital, and there was a man that had his, uh, you know, his IV on wheels, and he was walking through the hallway, and he passed this young lady, and and the whole backside was out of the gown, right? He didn't care. Whenever you get old enough, you say, I get to a point, I'm old enough, I don't care. But I tell you what, somebody take your car keys away from you and you can begin to care. Uh, there's going to be a point in time in your life that somebody in your life, your family, your loved ones, going to look at you and going to say, you know what, it's really not good for you to be driving. I'm going to take your car keys. How do you feel now? Right? You know, oh, no, no, I'm not part of that group. I'm at the age of 55, and yes, some, some restaurants that you go to, you can order from the seniors' menu. I, I don't order from the seniors' menu. Whenever I go golfing, I try to get the seniors' discount just because I don't want to pay as much but I don't tee off from the senior tee box. I, I, I want to be a part of that group, but I really don't want to be a part of that group. Because whenever we look at the church and we look at our belief and our thought process that whenever we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we become new creatures. We are supposed to look different than everybody else's than what than everybody else does. Whenever you join a church, you are joining that church or that organization, and you say, I'm joining this because I believe in what you stand for, right? But whenever you walk outside the doors, you don't live a life like you believe what you stand for within the church. Come on, we shouldn't be saying amen, we should be saying ouch. Paul, in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, is calling us to walk 
a life that is worthy of being called a child of God. There are so many people that say that they are a child of God that do not live like a child of God. Think about it. In the biblical days, if you wanted to go into Judaism, you had to be circumcised. That's an ouch. Especially for a man at 20 or 30 years of age that hasn't been circumcised. But you do it, right? Because you believe in what it stands for. I, you know, I put on the coat, I look like a pastor or a preacher. The coat doesn't make me a pastor or a preacher. Circumcision didn't make a Jew saved and not saved, right? Oh, come on. Ephesians chapter 2 says that they were circumcised, right? The Jews were circumcised, but that was only physical. It had nothing to do with their heart. We are all now the same because of the blood of Jesus Christ being poured on us. But we don't live any different than anybody else does. There's the problem. The church has began to look too much like the world that the world can't tell the difference in between whether or not you're saved or you're not saved. And they're like, well, I do just the same as they do, so I must be going to heaven. Right? And it's because we have skewed the line. It's no more black and white. It's no more saved and lost. It's saved, almost saved, almost not saved, and not saved. There are people within the house of God that profess to be a child of God that doesn't live the life. We're all worried about society accepting us. We will pay bukus of money to join a deer hunting club to go hunting deer. And whenever we're hanging out with the guys at the deer camp, that reminds me of a funny story that I'm not going to tell you. Go to the deer camp, and we act like everybody else that's at the deer camp. Hmm. Is that really living the life that, that we're called to? Last week, Paul took us in, and, and he talked to us about, you know, for this reason. And the reason that Paul was praying... And what he prayed for was for us not only to be full of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit to be active in our lives so that it transforms who we are. And then he begins verse 4 
by saying, therefore. So can I tell you, or chapter 4, can I tell you that chapter 4 is for all of those that believe what he prayed for in chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, and that the Spirit of God is in you, and it's not only in you, but it is had taken part of you, and it is now directing and guiding every step of your life. He says, for that reason, I, a prisoner for the serving or for serving the Lord, beg you to live a life worthy of the call, for you have been called by God. Been called by God. So it's two things there. So that we're living worthy of our call that's been called by God. The call that we're living worthy of is salvation. Because no one can be saved without being called by God. The Holy Spirit draws us God calls us. We cannot get to Jesus Christ without that happening. The call is the salvation that we receive because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And because we have that salvation, we are called a child of God. So we must live as if we're saved. We must live as if we are a child of God. Paul takes us this, and I want you to see this, because Paul goes in and he says, number one, he reminds them that he is a prisoner. I want you to see this. Paul is a prisoner by choice. You get this? Paul is a prisoner by choice. Because the Jews that tried to convict him of, of, of blaspheme, of, of teaching something that was wrong, that failed. So then they sent him to the Roman court and they found him innocent. The only reason why he's in prison is because he appealed to Agrippa. So he is awaiting the time to be able to speak to Agrippa. Paul has become a prisoner or a server of God the moment that he met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. He's not telling them this so that they can take pity for him being locked up in chains. He's telling them this so that they can understand that this call that we're called to, this walk and this life that we're called to, it's going to be a difficult life, but every bit of it is worth the struggles or the difficulties that you'll ever face. And Paul is not calling us to something that he is not experiencing or that he would not walk through himself.
He's not asking you to do something that he hasn't already done. He's not asking you to live a life that is so difficult that you can't live it. He's reminding them that from the moment that I met Jesus on the road to Damascus, the only thing that I could do from that moment on was to speak and to praise and to worship Him. And to live the life before you Right, Many times in Paul's scripture, he talks about living this life before, before you so that you can make it to the end of the race. So that you will be able to have a right relationship with God. Free message for you. Why did you come to church this morning? Did you come to church this morning so that you could get a little bit of stirring in your heart? So that you can feel the hair on the back of your neck stand up because of the movement of the Holy Spirit? You came for the wrong reason. If you came to church to get something, you came here for the wrong reason. We come to church so that we can glorify and worship God. That's it. If you came here for me to give you this storing message, stirring message, so that it excites you, so that you can go out and live the rest of the week, wrong thing to happen. You need to get a different pastor in that can actually preach good. But that's the wrong reason to be here. Paul's making sure that we understand that the life that we live through Jesus Christ is not for ourselves, but it's for everybody that's around us. We're saved. Right? I'm, I'm saved. I get stirred and I get fed by God every single morning whenever I get up and read Scripture. I come to church so that I can thank Him and praise Him for the week that He has given to me. I come to church so that I can thank Him and praise Him for the children that He has given to me. I don't come to church to get anything. We should be here to praise and to worship God. We should be here so that other people can see Jesus Christ in us. And that they can have that same relationship that we have. Paul talks about this. And he wants to make sure that we understand. Because he gives us this word. NLT translation makes it easy for us. And it tells us that he begs us. I beg you. To lead a life worthy of your call. I'm not too far and above groveling. I beg each and every one of you to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
to allow the Holy Spirit to enter into your life and not only be there, but actually to take hold of your life to change, to transform your life into the person that God has called you to be. I'm not above begging that to happen. I want each and every one of you to be with me in heaven. But I know that it, can't ha- that it, that it doesn't happen because I'm begging you. It happens just simply because God calls you and you answer that call. But Paul says, I'm not above begging. What I have in my life is worth losing you as a friend to gain you as a brother and sister in Christ. Do you get it? Okay, obviously not. But we are part of one of the greatest, one of the greatest things that has ever come and ever been on this face of the earth. The one that created everything wants me to be his child, to be a part of his family. That's the best thing in the world, right? Why don't we act like it? Why don't we look like it? Why are we so worried about the things of the world? I'm fixing to hit a button. Why are we so worried about whether or not we're singing the hymn songs or the new praise and worship songs? Right? Why are we worried about those? We should be worrying about saving the lost. We should be worrying about whether or not I'm living the life that is worthy of the call. We should be worried about whether or not I'm coming into the church today to worship and praise God or I'm coming into the church today to get my soul stirred a little bit. Why are we here? Okay, I'm going to try to move on. Next part of this. So after he tells us that, we're, that we need to walk worthy of the call, Then he's going to come in and he's going to say, okay, this is what the life looks like. So what does a life that is lived out worthy of the call of God, worthy of salvation, what does it look like? It's humble and gentle. It's patient. It says, be patient with each other. Right? How many of you are patient? Some of us raise our hands. I, you know, I used to pray for patience, and then Peggy started hitting me after we had the third child. Don't pray that again. We don't want any more. There, there's times that I am patient. And there's times that I am very impatient. There's times that I pray to God and I ask God to do something, and He doesn't do it by tomorrow. And I begin to get impatient. There's times that people do things to me. And I'm not patient. Right? You know, we, need to be, we need to be patient. It says patient with each other. 
Now remember, I told you that this part of the, this, this passage, the whole scripture, the whole, all of Ephesians is written to the church, which is believers in Christ, right? And it says that we need to be patient with others or with each other. Some of the people that get on my nerves the most is the people that's in the church. I'm not looking at any of y'all. It's a different church. It's the one that I preach at on other days. But we're supposed to be patient. Our brothers and sisters that are sitting here in the congregation and that's with us, we have the least amount of patience with them. We've got to be patient with them. Okay, move off of that one. We have to make allowances for their faults. Oh my goodness. I, I, don't, I don't want anybody to know all my faults. Much less to have them to make allowances for, for those faults. Patience, allowance, walk. All of these things deals with the fact that this is something we're going to be doing for quite a while. You know, we have the fruit of the Spirit. Free message number two. If you look at a fruit tree, a fruit tree never produces all of its fruit at the same time. Some pears will be ripe today. Other ones will be ripe next week. Other ones can be ripe two or three weeks from now. Right? There's going to be times that one of those fruits might be really ripe. There might be a time in your life that patience is really, you're just, you're just all kicked back and saying, oh, yeah, this is cool. I got it. It's all right. Right? Patience. But self-control might be out the window. Right? There's times that they're going to come in and they're going to go out. But we have to always be working towards the fruit that God has given to us. The gift that He has given to us. Because it shows who we are. See, we, we allow for each other's faults because of your love. Now, it didn't say your love. It says because of your love. So that's God's love. It's definitely not my love. It's His love. And then it says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. Now, I'm going to want to take this, and I know I need to hurry up. I'm going to want to take this and say, okay, you need to be united with your brothers in Christ and united with the church so that you can be on board, so that we can grow the kingdom of God through Rock Hill First Church of the Nazarene. That's not what it said, though, is it? It says that we are supposed to be united in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will not call you to do something that is contrary to the written Word of God. 
And if the Holy Spirit is calling you to do something, then it matches up with everything that everybody else should be doing because we're all led by the Holy Spirit. So we're united in the work of the Holy Spirit. United in the work of the Holy Spirit is what? What's the work of the Holy Spirit? To draw us to Christ so that we can receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. If we're united with the Holy Spirit, then that's what we're doing. Now the way that Rock Hill First Church of the Nazarene does it is different than the church that's down the street. It could be different than the church that's across town. But we're still within the Spirit leading and pointing towards a relationship with Jesus Christ. So we love our brothers and sisters. I gave y'all too many free messages. We're going to stop here. Because we're going to pick up. Because this last part here. I want you to see within these... Within these two verses, seven times Paul uses the word one, as in being unified. We're one. And you find that in the last, in the last verse, he uses all four times. And that's important for us to understand. Today, we are all called by God. If you're, if you're sitting here in the church and you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're called. Now, I'm not saying that you're called to be a preacher, you're called to be a song evangelist, you're called to be a Sunday school teacher. That's not what I'm saying. You're called. And if you've done that, then you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a child of God. And if you are a child of God, then the verses that's in ver- the things that's written in verses three and four, or two, three, and four, or you know, they tell you how you're supposed to live. And if you're not living that way, as the Jewish would say. As the, Jews, as the Jews would have said in John chapter 9, verse 22, we have parents that deny the miracle that Jesus Christ has performed on their son because he was born blind. Why did they deny it? So they wouldn't get kicked out of the synagogue. If we were living underneath the same stringent rules and regulations, would the church today kick you out? Or would they welcome you in with arms? Are you living a life that shows that you belong to God and you belong in His house? Or are you living a life that shows that you're part of the world? Which one are you? 
Because you can't be almost saved and not quite saved. You're, you're, you're saved or you're not saved. And we must live accordingly. I know this is a hard message. It's a hard message to preach. It's a hard message to receive. Because we want to be a part of something that's greater than we are. But are we willing to be part of the church that's greater than we are? And to sacrifice all the other things? See, that's where Paul says that he was a prisoner. And he says, I'm a prisoner because I want to be a prisoner. I choose to do these things because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. Is that where you are today? I choose to live different than the world and be in the church, living the life worthy of the call, than to be outside of the church, not living the life worthy of the call. Which one? Where are you? Let's stand. I'm going to say this. We do what we do because we want what we want. We do what we do because we want what we want. If you want the blessings of God and you want to have this life and the, and, the, and the blessings and the promises that has been set before you that we have called out to be, then we have to do what we want. What, what we want is we want to follow Jesus Christ. And Paul gives us what that looks like. If we don't want that, then don't live it. Right? If you don't want salvation and all the blessings and the promises that's been given to us as children of God, then go out into the world and do what you want to do. Now, I'm not, I'm not advocating that you do that. I want you to receive Jesus Christ. But there has to be a difference. There has to be a difference. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for today. God, we thank you for the words that you have given to us. God, as we truly look at these words that Paul has for us. You know, God, it's, it's like they're drawing a line in the sand. What side of the sand or the, what side of the line are, are we going to be on? God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would speak and continue to speak through these words and through these passages of Scripture. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.